This is a Project Humanoid production. Whammo. Saget and Betty White killed? These questions and more. No, we're not. No, they weren't. Oh. They just died. Hmm. I'm guessing. Okay. That That's a complete guess on my part. I have no... They said Betty White had a stroke. Six days before, yeah. And Bob Saget most likely had a heart attack or stroke. Yeah, something sudden death in a hotel room. Brain aneurysm. It yeah. could have been any, uh, any of those things. Yeah. Could be from cocaine. Could be. Could be from Rogaine. Joe Rogan? If he killed Bob Saget, I swear. Fucking Joe Rogan. Rogan. It was, you know what? He probably he probably got the uh, COVID shot. According, um, according to Hulk Hogan, that's yeah. what kills everybody. Sydney. Yeah. Portier. Yeah, well, well, when 290, two well, people in well, their that, late that 90s. That is Sydney. Yeah. When, when, two, when two people in their late 90s die, what else could it possibly be than the, the COVID vaccine that's not killing anybody else, really? Yeah. Yeah, no. Now, it's not the fact that he's 94. It's not the fact that she was 99 and had a stroke. Yeah. Well, the stroke probably came on from... The COVID thing? The COVID. Or the stress of this whole 100th birthday thing? Who knows? I don't think there was any stress on her part, to be honest. I think it was just bad timing. I, I feel like we've missed something here. Oh, yeah. From Project Humanoid, this is Murder, My Dude. I'm VP Burke. Burke. No, you're not. I'm Jackson Wells. Today, I am... You are. I'm a little thrown off now because you're, I don't know if you're Jackson Wells or Yoda. <laughs> Jackson Wells today I am. Uh, Jackson Wells. I am Jackson Wells. I am not Yoda. Are you sure? Yeah. You're looking a little green. Oh, fuck, am I going to Bob Saget? I hope not. Oh, no. Hmm. Well, they're dead. And so are these people on This Week Murder! We do have a bit of an update before we get into This Week in Murder proper. Uh, it's, a, it's a case we've discussed for oh, quite a bit on This Week in Murder, and it's the Ahmad Arbery case. And we, we did cover this not that long ago, just a few episodes ago, because the three men accused in his death, Travis McMichael, yeah. uh, his father Gregory McMichael, yeah. And their friend, William Roddy Bryan, were all found guilty of murder. And they were awaiting sentencing. And the sentencing has now happened. Uh, Travis McMichael, who was the man who actually pulled the trigger on Arbery, and his father, Gregory, the former police officer accused of instigating the confrontation, right. have both been sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Okay. Uh, William Roddy Bryan who followed the McMichaels in another car and filmed Arbery's murder, was also sentenced to life, but he will be eligible parole for parole in 30 years. Okay. Uh, if alive at that point, he will be 80. That puts him at 50. He is 50, yes. I could do math. Very good. I could do math about that simple. You can do math as long as it's multiples of 10. Correct. 
Yeah, if he if he was fifty three and we no, were saying I'd he was fucked, yeah, I it was be, a twenty five and a half year sentence. I would be counting fingers. I'd borrow your fingers, probably some somebody's paws. Yeah, uh, not the cat, not the the cat that has uh, uh, what does what what kind of cat is that? The Hemingway cat, uh, yeah. polydactyl. Uh, if, if it's a, that poly- was a dinosaur, no, that's no, that's. That's, that's what a pterodactyl. There you go. That's okay. a pterodactyl. Pterodactyl instead of a patalodactyl. Yeah. No, I, 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 so I, I stuck. I got stuck for a minute because I was thinking about who recently couldn't remember or didn't know the pterodactyl was spelled with a P and had no idea. Oh. And it was because he saw Terry the pterodactyl oh. spell, and he goes, "Why is it spelled Pateri? <laughs> and, and it was called Cabana. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was called Cabana. He didn't know pterodactyl was spelt with a P. Hmm. I knew that. So I knew that. Well, you should. You're older than 10. <laughs> so it's called Cabana. <laughs> no, I, there's no mm about that. He is definitely older than 10. All right. If you say so. We have seen Colca. We have been in the same building as Cole Cabana of Pat lo- longer than 10 years ago. We no. were in the same building as Cole Cabana in like 2004. I don't think we were. All right. Well. I think differently. I don't know. We're going to have to agree to disagree on this one. We we are going to have to, because I don't think we've ever... I don't think he's a real person. Oh. Then who was that guy I saw at all, all those Ring of Honor shows? Dave Honor? Yeah, he's the owner. Yeah, Dave Honor, the owner. Anyway, I love you, Dan Helsen. Okay. All right. So uh, let's get back. Uh, let, let, I want to talk about Ahmad Arbery real quick. Okay. Uh, uh, he sound that just the name itself sounds like he would have started a clothing line had he lived. The Arbery Exchange, just just the name Ahmad Arbery, like it just sounds very refined. Yeah, yeah. like refined, like he, like yeah, because there's like Burberry. Yeah, I, I was thinking that when you said that, I was like, like Burberry. Yeah, I was thinking of that or Byberry, but uh, do you remember Byberry? I don't in Philly. It was like a mental institution. Oh, okay. Yeah. Byberry was his The only one I knew was Friends Hospital. Okay. That's friendly. It's a nice name. Um, friendly. We, you just found out the other day that... Yeah. That was the original name of Friendly's. I just found out the, <laughs> the other day. Just like the original name of Aldi's was Aldi. No. No, no, no. It's, it's still Aldi, and it'll always be Aldi. Unless they change it. They won't. Just like Dunkin' used to be called Dunkin' Donuts. Well, they did that just because they're trying to shorten everything. Yeah. And they're like, they're trying to do that whole, like, we sell more than donuts. Like, okay. It's like why Boston Chicken became Boston Market. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think they their primary profit is probably coffee at this point. Like, or drinks. I would, I, I, I would bet they make yeah. more money on drinks than, probably. Than, uh, yeah. than food at this point. Just because so many people have to have their Dunkin' run before they go to work. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're Duncan Runkin to to the point where where we are. There's a Duncan on the highway that's right by us, but they they get so crowded, and they have such traffic that the coffee shop has set up a coffee truck. The local coffee shop has a coffee truck that they set up across the highway. So if Dunkin' Donuts is too or Duncan is too crowded, people can go drive up and get their coffee through them. Uh, which is smart. It's very smart. It's yeah. smart. I think I think for them it's it's also like hey maybe not a lot of people driving through know about us because yeah. you have to go kind of go off the beaten path yeah no it's a, it's very good um it's a smart move and and also to set it up near duncan yeah it's very it's very, very smart. smart especially duncan where 
I think they've had staffing. I know they've had staffing issues, so their their drive throughs usually very busy. They were understaffed to a point at one point where their dining room wasn't even open. Yeah. Now, wouldn't it be hilarious if that's not why they did it? They were just like, oh, wow, we didn't even think of that. No, we just put put it there. Yeah, it was just space. Yeah. And we used the space. Yeah, we yeah. Somebody was like, hey, we have space. Yeah. <laughs> we saw like but we have a <laughs> space. Um space. I don't know. That's probably why they did it. Uh, but who knows? They know. The people Who's who they? Run, the people who run that shop know. I don't even know who runs that shop anymore. Yeah, neither do I. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's let's get back into this. Uh, tickets man indicted. Texas. Oh, Texas man indicted in 2010 murder of then girlfriend, 13 year old daughter. Oh wait a minute. His girlfriend is his 13 year old daughter. Then girlfriends. There's oh, oh, there is the an apostrophe S, isn't there? Yeah. I see. I start to ignore those mm-hmm. now because uh, of of Aldi. Oh, okay. Well, that would be adding more. It'd be girlfriends. That'd no, be no, adding an extra. I just, I just, when I see an apostrophe S, like friendly, mm-hmm. friendlies. I don't know. I, I believe I, it's still, it's called friendlies now. If you can find one, didn't they go bankrupt like two years ago? I think I know there's, there's still, still some out there. They're still there. They're still around. Um. Okay, so let's do this again. Texas man indicted in Tickets 20- man. It's Texas. Oh. It's Undertaker man. TX man. Uh, the X man. We'll get there. Go ahead. Texas man indicted in 2010 murder of then girlfriend's 13 year old daughter. There so we it's, go. You so it's it. not it's not a ticket man who no. has a 13 year old girlfriend that is his daughter. No. OK. No. Because that would be weird. Yeah, that, that would be that, that would be really weird. Tickets. Uh, what is not weird is that I guess he killed his girlfriend's daughter. Well, that's allegedly. weird. That is weird. That's wrong and very evil. wrong. Yeah, mean. I, if, if we have, uh, if we have, that's mean, right? Very mean. Depends though. In this case, it's mean. Uh, in this think, case, I don't think she did anything to deserve. I don't know what a thirteen-year-old could do short of trying to kill you that would deserve them being murdered. You've never had any kids, have you? I haven't. Okay, I haven't. I have. I am childless. My womb is barren. I am child. You are a child. So the case of Haley Dunn, 13 at the time of her 2010 disappearance, was the type of story the media fawns over and the parents lose sleep thinking about. Yeah. The middle school cheerleader and star athlete, well-liked by her classmates and others in the town of Colorado City, Texas, disappeared without a trace in December of 2010. I don't like these places. Colorado City, Texas. Kansas City, Missouri. Kansas City, Missouri. Arkansas City, Kansas. Is that a place? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did you just make it up? No. Oh. Look that up. I will. It's real. I believe you, but I'm going to look it up now. Yeah. I think it's actually like Arkansas City. It, it, not Texarkana, right? Because I think Texarkana is in Oklahoma. That's what I'm saying. Too many confusing places. Philadelphia, Missouri. Yeah. Arkansas City. City in Kansas. Yeah. See? Told you. Bam. Well, Philadelphia, uh, Missouri. It's just that there's two Philadelphia. I know, but why? It's not like Pennsylvania but City. But Why? There's probably a Pennsylvania city, Chicago. Chicago is not a state. It's a state, of, a, it's a state of mind. It is. It's a state of mind about the Bears. I meant to say Illinois. I'm going to look up now. Pennsylvania city. It's not a place. How do you know? It should be a place. Let's make it a place. I'm renaming this town Pennsylvania city. No, but it's still in Pennsylvania. It's got to be in a different yeah. state. I want it to be in a different country. I want Pennsylvania City in 
Qatar. I want, I'm going to Guitar City. Isn't that a place? Guitar Center. It's Guitar Center. That's right. Yeah. Guitar Center City, Lebanon. Lebanon. I'm sorry. Lebanon is a, a city in Pennsylvania. Lebanon is a country. Right. Spelled the same. Yeah. Wonder which place has better bologna. Probably Lebanon. Mm. I think. What Leb- about Lebanon? Out? Different. That's the opposite of Lebanon. Okay. Le- Lebanon off? No, that'd be Lebanon. Nobody says Lebanon. I do. No, I, but if you go a little farther north, they say Lebanon. I've heard it both ways. I have too. So the middle school cheerleader and star athlete was well-liked by her classmates and others in the town of Colorado City, Texas. Mm-hmm. She disappeared without a trace in December of that year. The search for her was not surprisingly the subject of an investigation discovery special called The Death of Innocence. They always have to be heavy-handed with that 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 name, The Death of Innocence. Right. Like, this is the first time that an innocent girl has ever been uh, kidnapped or murdered or vanished without a trace or anything like that. Right, yeah, th- this is... This is the first time that innocence has been taken. We were all innocent until 2010. Yeah. Nothing bad ever happened Nothing. before then. Ever. Yeah. Haley. The, the death of innocence. It is not, not for anything done, but what makes you more special than all the other billions and billions of children murdered throughout history? It's a lot of murdered children. Well, yeah. Genghis Khan, you know? Well, he, he probably did have, a, he had a lot of kids. Yeah. And killed them all. <laughs> Every last one of them. Yeah. All right. Haley, who lived with her mother, uh, brother, and Sean Atkins, her mother's boyfriend, was reported missing just three days after Christmas in 2010. Atkins told police that he last saw Haley around three o'clock the prior afternoon, which would have been December 27th. According to the account, Haley told Atkins that she was going to see her father, who lived nearby, and then she was going to go sleep over at a friend's house. She was never seen alive again. She wasn't seen at all for about two years, over two years, actually, until a hiker in early 2013 was uh, going along a riverbed about 20 miles away from Colorado City or lake bed and found her body along the lake. Police at the time were very tight lipped about her cause of death, keeping that as a hidden part of the investigation. That that happens a lot where they won't kind of reveal everything just because they want to not have like false confessions or be able to match things to the right the person that did it. Yeah. Almost immediately though, Sean Atkins was the was at the center of the poli- uh, of police's suspicion. His story didn't stand up to even minimal checking by the investigators. Sean claimed to have been fired from his job the day he last saw Haley, which wasn't true. He left work on his own shortly after he got there. He claimed to have gone to his mother's house. She lived a little bit away around 6.10 that evening, but cell phone records kept him in Colorado City for about 30 to 45 minutes after that time. And he and Billy Dunn, Haley's mother, both failed polygraph tests. According to Haley's grandmother, Haley was scared of Sean, whom Haley said stood in the doorway of her room at night. And I guess just watched her sleeping. Well, that's creepy. It is. And police also found literature about serial killers in their bedroom. And that always worries me about, like... Like, just prepping this show, my search history has to have me on, like, some kind of watch list. Well, I don't trust you, so. <laughs> I mean, you did murder me with a butcher knife. In a dream. Mm-hmm. You are, you haven't been murdered for real. All right. Yet. That I know of. That you know of. This could all be a dream. Uh-huh. It could be yeah. a dream within a dream within a dream. This just was uh, a point of, I don't know, not a point of contention, but uh, a point of something 
uh, with with uh, Robert. What's his name? Durst. Robert Durst. Yeah. This was just brought up about how he would read a lot of violent material. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> yeah, and no, I agree. But I get it. I get it that that a lot of these people do. I just a little um, little side bar or whatever uh i don't really want to go uh you know down like a rabbit hole or, or whatever or, or veer off uh too far from from the path but um i somehow because something happened where i was watching something on youtube and an ad plays and you were like what's in your algorithm that makes these ads play well nothing because they just play you would get it too if you just let things play things just play um you know there'll be random ads and this one ad that played today was about porn and about how uh just too much too much of it is like now of course people are going to get a little crazy with it It was most likely some right-wing christian propaganda uh as far as like you know yeah, I was going to say I never get right-wing ads, but I do get I used to get Trump ads before the election. I would get a lot of Trump ads on YouTube. I think he bought heavy in the YouTube. I think that you don't let them play long enough where I will do other things and I'll just like I won't skip the ad. And I also watch a lot more YouTube than you. I watch it all day long. It's probably the thing I watch the most is YouTube. So, I get a lot of YouTube ads. And you're usually only watching the same couple type of things i i'm watching all different kinds of things and who knows maybe maybe some things i'm watching have those type of ads maybe they like those i don't i don't know yeah i think it usually matches it i think i don't know if it matches it to your history or more through the uh well probably a little bit of both or two like it can't can't match it to my history because i'm not watching anything about porn or right-wing christian shit so true it's just got to be yeah very random it might be about the video you're watching like because i get a lot of like no that- i had nothing it, it, the video i was watching was like 80s cart- uh, oh, uh, yeah, cartoons or, or like commercials or something because what i always seem to get all the time is uh that dr squatch thing I, I get a lot of dr squatch i have no idea what that is it's like like boutique soaps it's oh. like this guy with like a beard and long hair He's talking about how, like, your soaps are legally considered detergents. You need this. It's made out of tree bark and nutmeg. Like, okay, dude. I don't think I know that. You've never seen a Dr. Squatch ad with all the YouTube you watch? No. Okay, I'm getting a lot of Dr. Squatch. Wow. You're getting the porn, I'm getting the Squatch. That's weird. No, I don't think I've ever seen Dr. Squatch. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, I just did see some kind of uh, soap thing uh, a few weeks ago. And I was getting it a lot, and I haven't seen it since. The Star Wars one? No. I think that's the Dr. Squatch people. No. They have, it? It's the same Pitchman guy, at no. the very least. No, it wasn't Star Wars. I forget what it was, but um, anyway. So so the thing with this porn was that uh, it was just like, you know, th- this one girl's account was like, my boyfriend was great until he started watching porn. And it wasn't like a parody or mm-hmm. or whatever. It was like she is like this real account, like and he started getting real aggressive and he starts watching all this aggressive porn and then he's getting more aggressive. And then the more porn he watches, this is why more, I only watch passive porn. Right. And um, and the more porn he watches, the more he wants to do because he needs to satiate, you know, mm-hmm. it, 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 I guess. Quench his 
porn thirst. His porn thirst. Uh, His pathirst. And he, uh, there's no, there's no, t- there's no P. It's the yeah. P silent. Um, and, and it's just like, he, I, I get it. Like, I, I totally understand. Like, sometimes people do watch porn and then they want to do more and they want to do more. And there's like different levels of it. You know, you, you're like, oh, this isn't enough. Like right. people with drugs. But I think that that's more of a reflection of your personality. Yeah. And not the actual. It's like violent video games. Well, they don't right. make everybody violent. But if you already are predisposed to violence, they might make you channel it more creatively. And I think that that's I do think that, that people do look for, for that type of thing, uh, especially like military. They want those kind of people. They want people that are. Wait, I mean, like Call of Duty is basically a big infomercial for the fucking military. Of course it is. All those games are. Now, you 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 could play that shit and never want to snipe anybody. Yeah, I've, I've played violent video games most of my life. I, but, I Mortal Kombat's when I was 12 to now. But I've you're just not games. a... You would stand there and just let somebody punch you in the face and not throw a, a punch back. Um, where you somebody looks at me and I just want to punch them in the face. No, I mean, just looks at me like in a supermarket. Right. And she was like 80. Yeah. You know? Um, and I want to hit her. And I'm like, why are you in my look space? You know what I mean? Like, you can get a bat fucking shoved up your asshole, and you're just like, uh, it's not nice. Yeah, it's wrong. You shouldn't do that. Yeah, that's how you are. You're too passive. You're just way, you're way too passive. So, so that's why it doesn't make you violent, because you're too passive. You have a lot of estrogen or something. I don't know what's happening over there. Um, I'm just very aggressive. I'm a very aggressive person person and i think the video games like that are probably just going to make aggressive people more aggressive like hype music people listen to a song to get hype mm-hmm. what okay what song do you listen to to get hype uh, i know i i have them but like anything there is like, a song to get you hype yeah like, you don't get hype dude well if, I, if i'm like walking and i'm like listening to something that's more up tempo i'm gonna walk a little faster like i'm nothing <laughs> i'm gonna like <laughs> up tempo what are you casey Kasem? god damn death dedication up tempo no, like I'm I, talking about like the makes you want to smash something. No, I ne- I never exactly get the urge to smash exactly things. exactly exactly my point. That's and 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 so these books and these things because if I smash something around here for one thing, I'm probably going to replace it. But the I thing is, but the thing is, is that you don't have that. You're just not that type of person. I'm so, very laid back. Yeah, and and these people probably already, you know, were were violent, and then reading shit like that just fucking doesn't help mm-hmm. doesn't help their already crazy personalities you know with the robert durst and and uh speaking of that that's something we should have brought up he is uh passed away robert durst died this week at the age of 78 of a heart attack yeah in prison of course rest in peace or not he was a murderer all right don't rest in peace rest in discomfort well, he's dead. He, he's not in any. Well, discomfort. then he's gonna rest in peace. God damn it! Yeah, he's just gonna rest. It's not that peaceful either. It's. I mean, maybe it's a peaceful for his corpse if you like kick it or something. Yeah, like but then that's like that's illegal. abuse of a corpse. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Um. Maybe just look at it bad. But look but it, it but anyway, with the, with the uh the, the literature that that these uh Haley's uh step- mother and stuff or whoever whoever was you know into this type of uh shit, it you know. He probably it's probably one of those things. It's like, yeah, part of me is like, and who gives a shit? You know what yeah, I mean? Like, like, how many people like true? Cri- you're listening to a true crime podcast right now. This yeah. is well, it's not literature. Well, I'm sure but- somebody wants to punch me in the face, so probably. Yeah. Um, Thanks. But 
It's not me. I don't want to punch anybody in the face. I know. It's but yeah, if like it's it's not something that's major. What is major is what they found in February of 2011, though. On uh, another search, they found child pornography at the residence and at Sean's mother's home. Now there is literature that probably does make one of people do things. Yeah, you you would think, right? Yeah. Like I wonder what the number is. Between, um, well, I mean, I'm sure there are people who know that that like it's wrong and they would never act on it. And I'm not saying this is right. I'm right. not saying you should. This is okay. It's not okay. But I'm sure there are think, people. I don't think you really need to preface. I <laughs> think I think we know this. I'm sure there are people who have done that, and but they would never act on it because they know that it's not not only like for one thing they're going to go to jail forever, right? And also it's just a wrong thing to do. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, is how does that work out? Like, I wonder how many because I guess you'll never know. No, no. But I wonder how many people that look at that type of shit are. Uh, I guess they're all pedophiles, right? Or is pedophile only a specific thing? It, is I'm, pedophile when you act on it, or is if it? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I never looked into that type of stuff extensively, um, because it's. Well, you know, really weird. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and you're always afraid of looking things up, even being curious. Yeah, because, because you're like, huh? I remember the uh the there's a GTA four. There was a thing where uh you could go to like a cyber cafe and go on the internet, the fake internet within the game, and there was a a, a website you could go to. It was like Miss Polly's Playground or something like that. And just going to this website got you like a four-star wanted level in GTA 4. Now, here's a very uncomfortable conversation to have. Oh, great. Um, are you are you a pedophile if... No, I'm not. <laughs> Good. Me neither. Um, conversation are, of... Are you... No, here's... The, I, I think people need to actually put their big boy pants on and big girl pants sometimes and have conversations that are uncomfortable and not just, you know, sweep everything under the rug and stick their fingers in the ears and la, 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 la. That's just not the way to go about life. Um, are you a pedophile if you are attracted to someone that's 18 years old? 18? No. Are you a pedophile if you're attracted to somebody that's 17 years old? I don't believe so. Um, if you, there's an actual answer to this. Okay. The answer is no. Uh, but, but when you say that, then it's like, oh, you're defending pedophiles or, oh, you're attracted to 17 year olds. And I'm not. Um, but the thing is, is it's, there's an actual number is why I'm bringing that up. Mm -hmm. And I've seen it online where people will be like, oh, this guy's a pedophile. And they're like, that's such a heavy thing to throw on somebody when, I, like James Franco, I think he he was con, uh, he was called a pedophile for I think he talked to a seventeen year old girl. I'm not saying that it's right, right? It's wrong. Um, Chris D'Elia was called a pedophile, but even if they did talk to seventeen year olds, which I hope that no forty something year old is talking to seventeen year olds, um, it it still doesn't make them a pedophile. Even if they are, even if it's illegal, because pedophilia is at a certain age. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I didn't. I haven't done the research. I have. I actually looked. I I because I was curious and I looked, and that's why I brought up because it's like you even feel dirty, even like googling the word or like going to Wikipedia and looking up like 
what is the uh the age that makes somebody uh, uh um and i think it's like i think it was like 12 or 13 and under okay makes uh makes the, the and then it's what pederasty above that i don't i there are other names yeah, i know there's other things there but... are other names guess, yeah it's not something i've like really tried to look into too much right i didn't look into it too much but i did look at it because i was interested because i think if you're going to call somebody something at least have the right name you know what i mean mm-hmm. like not just throw on such a heavy fucking term to somebody yeah i think it, it's one of those things where instead of looking for the dictionary definition it's like okay a pedophile is anybody that is romantically interested in somebody that's under the age of consent is what people are th- that's what people seem to think yeah when they they throw that word out right yeah and then it's like what's the age of consent um and does it because i think doesn't it go by state and does that I, not I matter so i i have no idea I yeah yeah it's such a it's such a weird thing because like i think a weird shit like that is like what's the age of consent as far as like or what's the age uh, like drinking laws 21 that one i know what about in other countries it's different in other countries like i think canada it's 18 right i don't know about other places but here here it's because that's not something that's set by the states i think it used to be right i think because i think people used to go to like i think pa was oh i think i think all the fucking i think all the ages should be raised 25 for everything yeah everything okay 25 years old now drinking legally able to do anything military oh yeah military 30 30 military our, our military is not going to be in as good a shape in 30 you're starting to break down a little bit you've passed your physical peak yeah we need that okay yeah we need that yeah i'm 40 I, okay. the more you talk the more i want to raise the, the age yeah, I'm, not, I'm not joining <laughs> no um i i do think that some of our age our, our ages should be raised i don't All think right. we should be able to drink at such a young age i think 21's too i think it's too old or too young too young too young it used to be 18, then they raised it to 21. I don't think, I don't, I think they should keep going. 25. All right. That's where I'm at. 25. It's got, it's like 20, isn't it 25 or 27 for like certain insurance things? I think it's 26 to be able to rent a car. And then I think around that same time, your insurance rates go down. Okay. Well, 25. That's where I'm at on everything. You could own a home at 25. You could join the military at 25. You could drink at 25. Everything's 25 now. All right. That's what I think. I think I think it's a you're you're a lot more mature twenty five depends on the twenty five year old one hundred percent. There are fifteen year olds that are way more mature than some forty year olds. Yes, you know it doesn't make. I think twenty five is the is the age. That's where I'm at. Of course, people aren't going to agree with me, but anyway, um, yeah. So th- this this whole thing, I'm just trying to just go away from talking about it. it's it's really disturbing. How old was this kid? 13? 13. So to reset the I have a 12-year-old tw- daughter. My daughter is going to be 13 in a few months. Mm-hmm. Um, and, whew, man, I don't know, dude. Like, all of it. All of it is just fucking... It makes me sad whenever I hear about somebody losing their kid in any, any manner, whether it's murder or car accident or something you know mm-hmm. uh pterodactyl attack pterodactyl attack uh, it attack-tal. makes it makes me um i was gonna say perturbed but would that be perturbed how's perturbed, perturbed is more like a frustrated you're like you're frustrated and disturbed about something i get frustrated 
Well, I can't get frustrated? No, you can. Right. Of course you can. Thanks. So again, the reset the table. Uh, this girl goes missing. Um, uh, suspicion immediately on the mother's living boyfriend. Uh, he and the mother both fail lie detector tests. Uh, they find child pornography in the home and the home of the uh, the boyfriend's mother. Uh, but there was never enough evidence from 2010 to basically now. So to the make mother an knew. The fuck it. The mother knew. It seems like it. Okay. Uh, she eventually did plead no contest to making a false report after lying to police about where Sean Atkins was. But no arrest was made in Haley Dunn's murder until the month we are recording this episode, January of 2022, 12 years after the fact. Oh, wow. Uh, quote, Sean Casey Atkins is accused of striking Haley Dunn in the head with an unknown object causing her death on December 26, 2010, Boxing Day. Uh, the official arrest report stated, Atkins was also charged with evidence tampering for moving and disposing of Haley's remains. It's not clear what new evidence led to the arrest, but a lot of credit is being placed um, on Clint Dunn, Haley's father, who had long pushed the cops, like, when are you going to arrest this guy? What What is it going to take to her? And so we don't know what happened, but... He finally has gotten uh, gotten what he wanted, and and Sean Atkins, who is, I believe, 35 now, has been arrested. Oh, holy shit. I don't know why, but I'm thinking, like... You think 13-year-old daughter, I guess they had the... Like, maybe the mom was older. Yeah. And it was, like, a younger boyfriend. I don't right, know. I'm thinking this guy's, like, in his 40s or 50s I, I believe now. I read that he was 35. Okay. I could be wrong on that. Wow. All right. Uh, retail DNA testing solves 25 plus year old murder of 14 year old Atlanta girl. We've done a few stories about this. Uh, retail DNA matches from tests like Ancestry DNA and 23andMe, and then they'll they'll have. It's usually in a case where they have a DNA sample, but they don't know they don't have a match, so they had a match. They would have an arrest. Yeah. So they'll take the DNA they have a sample of, take a little bit of it, and put it into one of these retail DNA tests. And then they can find matches like, okay, this DNA is like, this DNA matches this, and this is this person's brother or grandson or something like that. And that technique was most famously used to catch Joseph James D'Angelo, the Golden State Killer. He was the, he's that guy in NXT, right? No, that's Tony D'Angelo. Huh. Okay. So the, yeah, J Joseph D'Angelo is the Golden State Killer, original Night Stalker, East Area Rapist, he had a million names. And I think they matched it to, like, his grandson. His grandson did one of those DNA tests, and they matched it against the DNA found at one of the Golden State Killer crime scenes. And then they tracked Joseph D'Angelo, and I think he, like, threw out a cup of, like, a, a drink at a Costco or something, and they took DNA from it and matched it, and so that's how they got him. Uh, and now it has unmasked the killer of Nicole Smith. Wasn't that the one that was the Howard guy? Wasn't that Nicole Smith? Talking about Anna Nicole Smith? Oh, that's Anna Nicole Smith. Yeah, this is just Nicole Smith. Oh. Uh, she was a 14-year-old who was raped at gunpoint and shot twice in the face on June 7th, 1995. Nicole had been walking to school with her sister, taking a shortcut through the woods when she realized that she had forgotten something she needed at home and backtracked, but she never made it home because uh, her rapist and murderer stopped her. And until recently, her killer was never found, even after his DNA was found in investigating the 2004 rape of Betty Brown, oh, then 13, whose life was spared. She was 99. That was Betty White. Uh, DNA testing determined Atlanta's, quote, schoolgirl killer to be 49-year-old Fulton County, Georgia man, Kelvin Arnold, 
And Arnold, uh, unfortunately, was not be able, to, able to be brought to justice because he died in August 2021 of liver and kidney failure. Eh, well, what's justice? Isn't justice his death? You know? uh, yeah, I so, mean, so I guess he, he was brought to justice. He, he, he did die, yeah. yeah. Um, I quote, I never thought that I would be here speaking, Brown told the media at a press conference. Right. I'm happy that I'm finally here and that he's no longer out there able to do the things he did to me and Nicole to others. My my thing with the whole justice thing is like, it's, it's, is it revenge or whatever? Like, so what's justice? If they're able to pull the plug, if they're able to inject him, if they're able to, what like the guy died, you know what I mean? Yeah. So he's not able to. But he died a free man. And I think that's what people are upset about. He died never having to answer for his crime. Okay. Um, it's, I don't know. Answer. What's Man. what's answering? Yeah. You know? What? Going to fucking jail where he's got, you know, hot, what's it, three hot, three, three hot, 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 you yeah. know, gets, gets a job, gets to fucking, you know what I mean? Like, he has it better than homeless people. We should make him, we should make prisoners be homeless. We're not going to put you in jail, but you can't have a house either. Um, no, there's just got, it, I don't know, dude. There's like, so you're saying never arrest people. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like, it's, there's such a weird fucking thing. Like, cause I don't, I don't know. I don't sit there and fantasize about these people being killed. Well, neither do I. And they do. Yeah. Uh, well, well, in fact, let's get to the quote from Nicole Brown. Oh, sure. Uh, quote, on one hand, I want to rise above this, uh, rise above and not let, let, not let this control me. Brown continued, but on the other hand, I want his family to suffer because he's not here to suffer. Oh, that's disgusting. Okay. I want them to feel the pain that my family has for years. Because want... that, that has something to do with them, right? I want that man that you love, that you appreciated, that you respected, did something so horrible to me and Nicole, and I want you to live in that. I want you to wear that like I did, like I do every day of my life. That's nah, just fucking nuts. Get some help, lady. I understand. You, 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 had a, you got a bad rap, but why would you wish that on somebody else's family? Why would you have any ill will towards them that they how do you know that they respect him that's true you don't know you don't know how they feel towards that guy maybe they didn't know that guy maybe maybe they they did know and they're like yeah fuck that and they, they want nothing to do with that guy but why would you wish any ill will towards other you know like hitler mm -hmm. you gonna hate tony hitler he's an asshole no, is Tony Hitler an I've asshole? I've never met Just, Tony Hitler. Exactly. Exa and, uh, there's probably not a Tony Hitler. I, I think a lot of the Hitlers changed their name just to kind of avoid the Hitler stank. Well, of course they did. Also a good band, Hitler stank. But if they didn't change their name, should you hate that person just because of who no. their, their relative the, is? The classic example of this in pro wrestling is David Benoit, who is Chris Benoit's son. And it's always like, well, would he ever get a fair shake? No. I mean, I, and I guess like, no, no was the answer. Like, I guess there are places that wouldn't hire him just because he's Chris Benoit's son. Yeah, there's only one place that wouldn't hire him because yeah, it's, it's called WWE. It's called WWE. Yeah. It's literally the only place that wouldn't hire him because of that. Like, they've led him backstage, and then apparently they just stopped letting him huh. come backstage for for whatever reason. Uh I get it. It's a PR nightmare for for people, and they they want to stay away from that type of stuff. Right. Uh but. But it's that what whole yeah sins does, of the father thing yeah. yeah what the fuck does it have to do with that kid? The only, you know why I wouldn't hire him? He's the drizzling shits. I've never seen him wrestle. He hasn't. Oh, well, that's probably because he's the drizzling shits. Uh, no, you could just tell he doesn't get it. Mm -hmm. You just no, like 
anything. Oh, okay. Like you, you could just, you could tell that he's a different person, like a different type. And I know he's a different person, but he's just not that guy. He just doesn't get it. There's something off with him. Um, you, you see that sometimes, sometimes it's like, somebody's just, it's just like, Oh wow. He is not the same as his father. Right. You know, like you'll see that a lot with like comedians Mm -hmm. or any type of entertainer. It'll be like, that person is nothing like their fucking mother or father. Right. Yeah. You know? So, uh, it happens all the time in athletics. Like Michael Jordan's son played basketball was not that good. And then you had a guy like Del Curry, where Del Curry was a decent pro, like a good basketball player. And one of his sons is one of the best players of the last 15 years. And his other son's pretty damn good, too. Oh, uh, yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. Okay. All right. So we're going to go to a break. Yeah, we're going to take a quick break. And then we're going to come back with our main, main topic of the uh, of the show, which is going to be all about Rebecca Schaefer. Greetings, Murder My Dude listeners. Remember how we used to talk about wrestling a lot on this show and it got all mixed in with your true crime talk? We try not to do that anymore, but if you liked that part of the show, you can still hear us talk about the wrestling on our new show, Cheesesteak Suplex. And it's not just wrestling. We'll talk about lots of other things too. Sports, geek stuff, Philly, and more. So if that sounds like something you'd like, look for Cheesesteak Suplex on the same podcast service you use to listen to this show. Also, cheesesteak is all one word, and don't you forget it. Okay, we're back, and we're going to be talking about, to a degree here, 80s sitcoms. Did you have a favorite 80s sitcom, like, just with the typical, like, the big theme song in the beginning, and usually it was, like, something with a family, I guess not Cheers, so you had, like, non-family sitcoms in the 80s, but... I mean, I watched Cheers in the 80s, uh, but... Like, Growing Pains? I really liked... Uh, I like Growing Pains. The Cosby Show, like, there were... No, I didn't watch... I, didn't, I wasn't a big Cosby fan. I was a Webster fan. Mm-hmm uh different strokes was that the 80s or was that the 70s what different strokes both okay so it bridged yeah um i watched uh different strokes i watched punky brewster Mm -hmm. uh what what else what what the hell else did i watch all of them i mean there's just so because there were so many uh facts of life did you watch mork and mindy uh Later on, in the, I watch it was on Nick at Night. When it was yeah. on Nick at Night, that's when I watched. And I it. bring that one up because that kind of will play into a little bit uh, what we're going to be talking about here. But before we get into the main, uh, the main, oh okay, the main part of this, yeah. This week's story has a little bit of a prelude, and that prelude happens on March nineteenth, nineteen eighty two, and it concerns Teresa Saldana. And Teresa Saldana at this point was not too 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 far removed from the hottest portion of her career. And that started with her uh, playing Lenora LaMotta, Jake LaMotta's second wife in the acclaimed biopic Raging Bull. And then she was also a part of two cult classic movies, Home Movies and Defiance. Okay. And her work caught the eye of Arthur Richard Jackson, 46, originally from Aberdeen, Scotland. And Jackson became, or Johnson, I'm sorry, Arthur Richard Johnson. Johnson became dangerously obsessed with Saldana and hired a private detective to track down Saldana's mother's unlisted phone number. Today, I'm Johnson Wells. I like it, Johnson Wells. Yeah. 
It, it reminds oh no that's that's Johnson and Wales. That's a uh, culinary school or they do other things too but they're mainly known as being a culinary school. And I guess it was a thing. Uh one of my first jobs I ever had. I worked for a uh a market research company doing phone surveys. And one of the things we did is we we worked for this uh this university Johnson and Wales and when somebody would drop out of school we would call them and be like, well, why did you drop out? Like, what could they have done differently? They were just trying to, like, see what they did wrong and to see how they could have better helped their students to keep them in school. And one of the people was talking about how they had a saying, like, because it was like, this was my backup school and then I just found something else. And there was like, there was a saying, when all else fails, Johnson and Wales. Wow. It's a great line. That's that, yeah. yeah. So anyway, this had nothing to do with that. It's either here nor there. <clears throat> that's neither here nor there oh yeah it's but where could it be if it's not either here nor there i don't know oh okay crap you, you tell me it's there where here and so arthur richard jackson hires this private detective gets the phone number of Teresa saldana's mother calls Teresa saldana's mother and he's posing as uh, an assistant to director Martin Scorsese. Wait, Saldana, no relation to Zoe. Okay, no, no, that's what I was. That's a legit. That's what I was legit asking. I don't believe she's okay. any relation to Zoe. Okay, and uh, but so this guy Arthur Johnson calls Saldana's mother and says he's an assistant to Martin Scorsese, who was the director of Raging Bull, and says that Scorsese is now in Europe filming a movie. A movie. He said an actress drop out of this production and he wants Teresa to come in and film the role. He just needs Teresa's address so they can take care of the paperwork and drop off the script. And Saldana's mother gives this guy calling the address. And so early on the day of the 15th or the 19th, rather, Johnson walks up to Saldana on the sidewalk of her home and stabs her repeatedly with a six inch long hunting knife. Uh, doing so with such force that the blade of the knife began to bend. And if not for the intervention of Jeff Fenn, a delivery man working in the area, Saldana would have surely died. Fenn, like her, what was happening, ran down, he was on the second floor of a building, ran downstairs and tackled Johnson as he was uh, attacking her. And as it was, Teresa Saldana spent four months in the hospital following the assault. And Johnson served 14 years in prison. And then he was uh, extradited to the UK where he was tried for a murder he committed there, and he was committed to a British psychiatric hospital where he died in 2004. Saldana would recover, and she would wind up working for several more decades, including starring as herself in a 1984 TV movie about this attack. Uh, it was called Victims for Victims, the Teresa Saldana story, and it was partially done to just re uh, increase awareness of stalking and the dangers of stalking yeah. and things like that. And yeah, she literally played herself how telling you, the story about how she got attacked and almost died and spent four months that? in the hospital. That's strong, man. Maybe it's therapeutic. Maybe it's kind of like a, I don't know. And then she went on to live a, a, a long life and... and um, yeah, she passed, I believe, in 2016. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's why I was saying. Yeah. I was being facetious. Uh, she died at the age of 61 yeah. on June 6, 2016. She uh, she was the wife of Michael uh, Chiklis in the commish. Yeah. 
So were you a fan of the commission? Never saw it. Never saw it. Uh, I my, never dad, saw my dad liked. Uh, I think the only thing I've ever seen Michael Chiklis in is when he played the thing, when he played Ben Grimm. Really? I never watched The Shield. I never watched The Commission. You know what? That's what my dad liked. My dad liked The Shield. I've heard great things about that show. Yeah. Especially him. He played like Vic Mackey. Okay. But I, be- I believe you. The whole ordeal that Teresa Saldana went through would not be enough to save Rebecca Schaefer. And that's that's who we're really talking about today. Not Michael Chiklis? No, this isn't about Michael Chiklis. Damn. He has not been murdered yet. Yeah, that we know. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to murder Michael Chiklis. That's kind of ominous. I have nothing against the man. Uh, Rebecca Schaefer. You weren't that sure when you talked about killing me. It was in a dream. Rebecca Schaefer was the daughter of Dana and Benson Schaefer, a writer and child psychologist, respectively. Benson Schaefer just sounds like the name of a psychologist. I'm Benson Schaefer. Uh, Rebecca grew up in Portland, Oregon, in a, uh, and was for a time very, very religious. She wanted to become a rabbi at one point. Grew up in a Jewish family, obviously. Uh, when she entered her teens, however, she did find a lot of success in modeling and got work in print and TV advertising. And when Rebecca was 16, she took an internship in New York City and was allowed by her parents to do her senior year there at New York's Professional Children's School, which caters to students trying to study while pursuing careers in entertainment. Still open to this day. It's been open for a long time. I think Hunts Hall. There's a name I'm sure you know. I think Um, he went there. Of course I know. (laughs) I'm very familiar. If you don't know who Hunts Hall is. uh, I'm going to guess most of the people listening do not. Right. Um. He was part of a group called the Dead End Kids, the East Side Kids. Um, it was uh, Leo Gorsi and Hunts Hall. And uh, there are some some cartoon characters that were based off of his portrayals. Was it Lionel Hutz? The and I, I, the I don't remember exactly who it was, but I know that there have been some characters that are like based off of him. Mm-hmm. I just can't. Can't think of of who they are off the top of my head because I didn't know we were going to be talking about Hunts Hall or I would have prepared. <laughs> I, was, I wanted to hold break on it. It's like, damn it. Oh, by the way, damn it. Hunts Hall was one of the All people right. who went to the school. Stay tuned to uh, Hunts Hall, my dude. Yeah. That'll be episode 715. According to Rebecca's mother, she ran into trouble during her first day in New York. In fact, uh, she punched a man in the face the first day she was there for trying to fondle her. Uh, breaking into the modeling industry wasn't easy for Rebecca. Again, this is uh, mid-80s, about 84, 85, I think. And Rebecca was 5'7", but this is at the time where most models were, like, super, super tall. I think the, the prototype was, like, that L. McPherson, like, almost six feet tall, rail thin. That's what they were really looking for in a model at this point. So she was too short for a field that was just uh, dominated by tall women. And she wasn't, like, she wouldn't be considered like a plus size model, but she wasn't like um, she wasn't like Twiggy. So that was another thing. Like uh, she was a little too short and a little too, I guess you could say, curvaceous for the time for what they were looking for in models in a lot of places. OK. And Rebecca left the two bedroom flat with five other aspiring models. That's where she lived when she was in New York. And she briefly relocated to Japan to pursue more modeling work. Didn't really make it as a model per se, but she did wind up getting into acting and and, so, and modeling did help her land her biggest role. While she was trying to break into modeling, Rebecca scored a short run on the long-running soap opera Guiding Light, 
and that was followed by a more substantial six months run, six month run as Annie Barnes on One Life to Live. A film role happened too around this time. She was in Woody Allen's Radio Days, but that that role was mostly cut out. And like, there's there's a brief scene where she's in the background, but that's about it. And the big break, and it was from modeling, uh, and also the scene of her, uh, the seed of her tragic end came in the form of a Seventeen magazine cover. Remember that Seventeen magazine? Yeah, of course. Uh, she was on the cover, and the magazine found its way in front of the producers putting together a show called My Sister Sam, which was the big sitcom return of Pam Dauber, who was Mindy and Mork and Mindy. That's why I brought that up earlier. Right. So that was a hit show, and and when it wrapped up, Robin Williams was becoming a huge star, so... The, the show was wrapping up, but Pam Dauber was getting ready to get back into TV. She had mainly just done, like, TV movies at this point. And this is the the show that's going to be her starring vehicle. And Rebecca was cast as Patty Russell, who was the 16-year-old sister of Sam. Pam Dauber played Sam, and Patty was the my sister. And pa- and Sam, in this, in this case, it which was Pam. Pam and Sam. Pam and Sam. Uh, Sam was a 29-year-old freelance photographer who unexpectedly finds her younger, polar-opposite sibling, Patty, uh, living with her. She basically comes to her front door and is like, Hey, I'm living with you now. And then it's hilarious results because they're... It's the odd couple, basically. They're they're doing... These two people have to live together, but they, they get on each other's nerves because they're completely different. The show seemed to be a hit in its first season. Uh, you had an established star with Pam Dauber... And a great time slot. It was a uh, it was in between Kate and Allie and Newhart on CBS's Thursday night lineup. And the show finished its first year just outside of the top 20 programs on television. And one of the biggest secrets to the show's success was there was an undeniable chemistry between Pam Dauber and Rebecca Schaefer. Uh, Pam took her under her wing. Like when Rebecca Schaefer came out to the, to L.A. for this. She's like 17 or 18 years old. Her parents are letting her basically live like an adult. She's a quote-unquote emancipated minor, I guess. And Pam Dauber had her live with her for a few months as they were getting ready to start filming the show. And she also tried her best to help Rebecca with the adjustment of being from being a relatively anonymous bit part actress to a TV star. Uh, Pam Dauber had her own run-ins with obsessive fans and gave her protege a few extra pointers the biggest thing among them was to take extra precautions with her address. Uh, Pam Dauber explained that she uh, went to extremes to make sure her name was not tied to her address on anything. She didn't want her name on her lease. She didn't want her address on her driver's license, things like that. And fan mail was another point of discussion with Rebecca and her older colleagues. There was a woman named Judy Crown who was a stylist on My Sister Sam. And I guess Rebecca was getting her makeup and hair and everything done and going through fan mail. And she was like, never send anything back besides an eight by 10 at the most, like if a signed eight by 10 is all you should ever, never write a letter. If, if somebody sends you a gift, send it back to them, never accept anything just cause people might take it the wrong way. And in a later interview with the television Academy foundation, Judy crown described Schaefer as quote, very beautiful, very sweet, and a little bit naive. One letter Rebecca responded to came from a man named Robert John Bardo, who in his letter described himself as a sensitive guy, and he gushed in the letter about how much he identified with the Patty character. And ignoring the advice, Rebecca Schaefer wrote back. 
And one of the things she wrote in response was, quote, yours was one of the nicest I ever got in response to the letter. I've, I guess I've gotten a lot of letters and yours is one of the nicest ones. Yeah. Just being nice, you know, like, thank you for, for, uh, for writing. What Rebecca had no way of knowing is that Bardo, uh, who was a child of abuse, who, had, uh, given up to, who was given up to foster care uh, while grappling with bipolar disorder, would take this as an invitation for a deeper relationship. Uh, Rebecca Schaefer was not Robert John Bardo's first obsession. Yeah, and that's the type of shit you have to kind of. And, and that's why they—that's why she's given all this advice. From and all and these it's people. It, because, as as an entertainer, I guess you want to. You don't want to be standoffish. You don't want to seem like you're egotistical. Mm-hmm. You don't want to come across as cold and heartless. You don't want to be an asshole because, for for one, one because. Just as a good person, right. you, you don't want to put yourself in that type of bad light. Two, uh, you you might turn some fans off. Yeah. Oh, he's an asshole. It's a yeah. it's a business. Yeah. You know, as, as Freddie Prince Jr. says, you know, in show business, one of the words is the bigger word. Yeah. You know, or something like that. Uh, I'm paraphrasing. Um, but but that's the po- the point is it's it's a business. Right. And, you know, maybe in her case, she just doesn't want to be an asshole. So she's like, nah, you know, and uh, I, I want to be nice. And at the point at this point, too, I think she's like 18, 19. She's probably and she's just now she's naive. Yeah, she is naive. She's this is her first brush with fame. She's probably it's probably fun and exciting for her that people care about her that much to write a letter. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So in this case, Robert John Bardo had an obsession before this. And that was Samantha Smith, a 10-year-old girl from Maine who gained fame and helped ease U.S.-Soviet relations after writing the Communist Party General Secretary Yuri Andropov and being invited by him to visit the USSR. Basically, this was uh, Yuri Andropov took over for, I forget who was, uh, I forget who was the head of the USSR. He was one of the guys that was basically Gorbachev before Gorbachev. And when he took over, he was like an ex-KGB guy and people were like, oh, this guy is a hard ass. And this is going to be nuclear war. And this 10-year-old girl writes him, like, they say you want to kill us. Like, why? What can we do to to make everybody get along? And it's just like this sweet, innocent thing. And it basically made her a celebrity. And she came over to the USSR. And then she kind of became like a goodwill ambassador. And Robert John Bardo kind of got enamored with this 10-year-old girl. I don't know if it was a sexual thing or not, but he was, like, fixated on her. And Bardo once even traveled to Maine to try to find Samantha Smith, but oh, couldn't I, I heard, find her. I, I heard about this girl. Uh, his obsession then gravitated to Rebecca Schaefer not long after Smith's tragic, untimely death in a 1985 plane crash. Yeah. And she was like 13 years old when she died. Yeah. Not long after receiving the response to his fan letter, Bardo decided to visit Warner Brothers Studios, where My Sister Sam was filmed, and he brought along flowers and a giant teddy bear. Quote, I gotta see her. I love her, Bardo told security chief Jack Egger. If I could just see her for a minute. Naturally, Egger had no intentions of allowing Bardo to access the lot and to see Rebecca Schaefer, but he did take pity on him and offered to drive him back to his hotel, where he just tried to give him that talk like on the ride back, like, look, go home. Like, she, she's not like that. Like, you don't lo- know her. Like, he's giving her the talk. He's trying to talk some sense into the guy. And Bardo did go home, and he came back about a month later armed with a knife. 
and this time he was sent away again, obviously without as much warmth. Meanwhile, things weren't going well with my sister Sam. The first season's a big success, but then the show was moved from this time slot where you're between two big powerhouse established shows to leading off the night on Saturdays at 8 p.m. And on 8 p.m. on uh, Saturday, where NBC is the, the king of Saturdays, not CBS, and the show plummeted in the ratings against The Facts of Life, which is already an established hit. A move back to Saturdays was too little too late, and My Sister Sam was canceled midway through its second season. The silver lining was that the, a lack of regular presence on TV meant that Robert Bardo's attention gravitated elsewhere, and he started to get obsessed with singers like Madonna, Debbie Gibson, and Tiffany. So he's just going from one to the next to the next. It's He has that thing in his head where it's just he's fixated on these women he sees on TV. Have you, have you ever been fixated on a, on a celebrity like that? No. Never? No, I would never go to a... No, not like Robert Bardo. Like fixated on a celebrity where you have like a celebrity crush. Uh, sure, I guess, but, like, um, yeah, never to that degree, obviously, like, yeah. uh, there's something wrong with this guy, and if you see, if you see, well, like, I mean, we already know that he has bipolar disorder. Yeah, and it seemed like there may have been other issues, like, we'll get to it a little bit later when we're talking about a court case. Sure. But yeah, I mean, everybody sees some, especially, like, a character, like, you can fall for a character, like, all that, ca you can really resonate with a character. Which no, there, there's been, I'm trying to think of, like, throughout my life, where I would have like a crush on somebody for like a while, you know, mm -hmm. the first one I could think of was Mariel Hemingway. Okay. I had this big thing for her when I was like 11, 12, mm -hmm. 13, maybe where I was like, I wrote like a letter. Oh, wow. Okay. My mom, my mom was telling me that I wrote some kind of like love letter to, I don't know that I ever sent it out or mm -hmm. anything. Um, but I remember her. And then, oh gosh, who who'd the next one have been? It would, uh, the one that played Marsha Brady in the Christine Taylor. Taylor? Christine Taylor from the movies? Yeah. Uh, see, I only, I never think of her as Marsha Brady. Uh, hey, dude. Hey, I'm Melody from Hey, Dude, yeah. Um, Her? It would have been her, I believe. Would have been the next one. And then... Uh... Oh gosh, who who Jennifer Love Hewitt? Mhm. Mm Katie Holmes? Mhm. Mm yeah, I remember that you 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 loved Katie Holmes. Jennifer Love Hewitt too in 98. Mm -hmm. I remember summer of 98. Um cuz I remember hooking up with a girl that looked like Jennifer Love Hewitt. And when after we hooked up, she was she was like there was no magic. <laughs> and I remember I used to make punters on AOL. I made I made a punter and I called it the Ur No Magic Punter because I used to write Ur a lot like E in a bunch of R's. Mm -hmm. I don't know, whatever. I just write Ur and uh, and I called it the Ur No Magic Punter. And every time she would come in the chat room, I would boot her out, right? Because I was very mature. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else. I, I think as I got old, you know, they they I kind of stopped. Yeah, you get um, a little more grounded and like, okay, these are just people. Yeah, but. But yeah, there there were some of the ones that I was just like, oh my god, like... And one of the important distinctions here is it seemed like he was more infatuated with 
not Rebecca Schaefer, but with Patty, the character she's playing. Right. Like her personality, the way she acted on the show. That's what he was kind of drawn to. And that becomes important in a minute. And he doesn't know how to like separate it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm sure he was like smitten with her too. Um, but yeah, like as like pretty girl and then the personality she's playing on the show is something that he really is drawn to. So it was it was those two things kind of together. Yeah, I think that's that's hard for some people where yeah. they they don't separate the character from the actor. Yeah. You know, some people think that in wrestling, some people think that, you know, they're that person all the time right. or, or like this person playing Superman is Superman all mm -hmm. the time. It's like, no dude, he's an actor. Right. Like they are real people. They, they shit like we shit. Well, some people shit in bags, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Most people shit like we shit. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a colostomy bag, but I shit in a bag before. Mm -hmm. And I used to throw it on the roof. But anyway, that's uh, it's neither here nor there. It's there. Where? On the roof. Wanting hmm. to move past her wholesome sitcom image, Rebecca took a role in a darker comedic film uh, called Scenes from the Class Struggle in Beverly Hills, where there is a, a part in the movie where her character has a scene where she's in bed with an actor. Like, I, it's not like a full-on sex scene, because I think you see the aftermath where they're just kind of laying in bed together. Uh, upon seeing the film, Robert Bardo's feelings toward Rebecca took a sharp turn, and he dismissed her as, quote, another Hollywood whore. Okay. And uh, she deserved to be punished. He also found fault in a TV Guide interview uh, she had done in the past. I miss TV Guide. <laughs> he he was all about TV Guide, this guy. Uh, and People Magazine. Everybody and was about TV Guide, dude. It, it seems like if I'm profiling this guy, it's a guy who didn't really have much of a social life, so he... he like what you saw on TV, that became his social life. Like the people he saw in sitcoms, he saw them as like the people in his social circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we should mention he's nineteen. He's not like a fifty-year-old guy doing this. Robert Barta was nineteen at the time. Okay. Um, yeah, he was two years younger than Rebecca Schaefer. And nineteen-year-old Robert Barta's life had been spiraling. Uh, he was institutionalized briefly at the age of fifteen. He dropped out of school shortly after that. He worked as a janitor, mainly for Jack in the Box. And switched jobs on occasion. He had a handful of arrests for domestic violence and disorderly conduct. So there's red flags here. Uh, Bardo tried to buy a gun. But arrests and his honesty about his mental illness blocked him from doing so. They wouldn't sell him one. Uh, however, his brother Edward bought him a Ruger GP100 357 on the promise that Robert would only use it for target practice and would only use it when Edward was with him. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, Eddie. That there's a lot of things here that it seems like any if any one thing could have went differently could have been prevented. Um, the next obstacle for Bardo, Bardo was tracking down Rebecca Schaefer. For that, he enlisted the help of the Anthony Agency, a private investigation group in Tucson. Because what happened was, uh, what happened was Bardo wound up reading People Magazine, and they had an article in People Magazine about Teresa Saldana, and he read in that that. Teresa Saldana's attacker found her through a private investigator. So he goes, hey, I should hire a private investigator to find Rebecca Schaefer. And you know what that reminds me of, right? What's that? The Jay Moore. What the, about Jay Moore with the with the wrestler? Oh, Bobo Brazil. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's at a wrestling show and he sees a wrestler. Him and his friends see uh, this wrestler, Bobo Brazil. He's getting this giant Cadillac uh, with a woman on each arm. And he goes. Stay in school, kids. <laughs> and 
they, all him and all of his friends look at each other. One of them goes, "We can leave school." <laughs> one of my favorite <laughs> Jay. It's one of my favorite Jay War stories. I because it's so it's so short. Yeah. But it's so like complete. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's the best way to describe. It. So complete. Yeah. And and that's what that reminds me of. Wow. Okay. So yeah. Um. So Robert Bardo goes to this uh, private investigation group in Tucson. He's from Tucson, Arizona, and he tells them that uh, he has. Sure, a- it's Tucson, Arizona, not Tucson like Milwaukee, Tucson or, City, or Wisconsin. It's Arizona City, Michigan. No, it's Tucson, Arizona. Okay. And it's a little he- callback from earlier. Yeah. If you were paying attention, Fred. That's right, Fred. I'm watching you. Do we have any Freds? If your name's Fred, and you. Or listening. Or listening. Actually, hey, let's do this real quick before I forget. Because yeah. we didn't earlier. Questions or comments, email us at murdermadudagmail.com. Uh, merch, projecthumanoid.com. All the other socials. Just check out Murder My Dude uh, and you'll find us. Send us messages. Leave us comments. And also give us a rating. Give us a strong rating. Give us at least six stars. You can only do five. Then uh, do that. Yeah. So. It, that that does go a long way. Don't so you, do low, lower than that, or we'll give you a low star rating. Yeah, we'll find on Yelp. We'll hire a uh, we'll hire an investigation. No, 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 no. Don't do that. No. Don't threaten the listener. No, please okay. don't do that. Okay. Maybe next time I'll right. I'll threaten the listeners. Yeah. So Bardo goes to this detective agency in Tucson, and he has a picture of Rebecca Schaefer. And he makes up the story about how she's a distant friend that he's lost touch with, but he wants to send her a gift, but he doesn't know what her address is. So for a $250 fee, the Anthony agency was able to obtain Rebecca's address. And it was a pretty easy job because um, driver's license information was a matter of public record at the well, I'm time. I'm sorry. What, what, what did he say that he was? A to... distant friend. Distant friend. Distant like, friend. I, we're a friend that has kind of lost touch. So, okay. yeah. And so... He calls the DMV, they give, or the, the detective agency calls the DMV, they make a records request, and basically, yeah, pub, uh, driver's license stuff was public record at the time. <laughs> so they, they give this agency Rebecca Schaefer's address, and they pass it on to Robert Bardo. And in July of 1989, Robert Bardo pens a letter to his sister in Knoxville, Tennessee, where he vaguely explained where his head was at the time, and uh, one line that stuck out was, quote, I have an obsession with the unattainable. I have to eliminate. I cannot attain. Shortly after mailing the letter, Robert Bardo boarded a bus headed from Tucson to Los Angeles, armed with the 357 that his brother got for him and Rebecca Schaefer's address. Oh, Eddie, look what you've done. Edward, Edward, Edward. Bardo walked around the neighborhood for a bit, showing passersby a picture of Rebecca and asking if she lived in the area. Eventually, he either was satisfied that this was the right address or just worked up the courage enough to knock on Rebecca's door. At the time, Rebecca was thinking about moving in with her boyfriend, a UCLA film student and aspiring director, Brad Silberling, but she was still living at the apartment that's listed on her driver's license at the time. And not only was she home, she was expecting a knock at the door. Rebecca was preparing to audition for the Godfather part three and was expecting a script delivery. And so Rebecca answers the door and it's Robert Bardo. She and he the other thing he brought with him was the autograph that he had um that he had gotten back from her and the letter he had gotten back from her 
and he was just like saying about how he's such a fan and everything. And they 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 talked for a little bit. It was a cordial talk. But at the end of it all, Rebecca asked Robert Bardo to leave and then never come back. She she didn't like freak out at him or anything. She just like that's I'm flattered. I don't know. We don't know exactly what she said, but it ended with her, him her asking him to leave and don't come back to my my apartment. Bardo left, ate breakfast at a nearby diner, and returned to Rebecca's apartment about an hour later. And Rebecca answered the door with what Bardo would later describe as quote a cold look on her face. Bardo pulled his gun and shot her point blank in the heart. Rebecca mustered the word why with her last grasp of consciousness. Rebecca Schaefer was rushed to the hospital, but she was pronounced dead 30 minutes after the attack. Bardo is also known now to have a copy of Catcher in the Rye with him, the same book that Mark David Chapman had on him when he killed John Lennon. Oh, boy. So, uh, so Bardo returned to Tucson, and... And it was just uh, 40 years in December. Yeah. That, uh, the Lennon, the the Lennon, Lennon attack, yeah. Yeah. So Bardo goes back to Tucson and it's like, okay, how did they find this guy? That's always one of the things. How did they, how did they catch the killer? Well, in this case, uh, police in Tucson got calls that there was a man running in the traffic on Interstate 10 trying to kill himself. And it was Bardo. And as he was being arrested, he started screaming about how he killed Rebecca Schaefer. So again, a guy not playing with a full deck here. Uh, Bardo's defense team argued that. That was his legal defense. Diminished capacity. Uh, not guilty by reason of mental illness. And the prosecutor on the other side of the courtroom would go on to unsuccessfully try a more famous case much later. Uh, Robert Bardo was prosecuted by Marsha Clark. Ah. Uh, famous from the OJ trial, of right. course. Yeah. Uh, both sides agreed to a bench trial, no jury. And Bardo was convicted of capital murder. Uh, but his sentence was sentenced to life without parole. And you could tell just from how he talked that this is a guy who wasn't all there. Like they played a song during the trial and, and he's like drumming along to the song with his hands, like really get into the music. It was some U2 song. I forget the song. So you could, and you you can tell that this is a guy who really did have some issues. And if anyone like his brother that he bought, that bought the gun, if any one of them could have stepped in, then, then this could have ended a lot differently. And Pam Dauber, uh, David Nathan, some other actors who worked with Rebecca on My Sister Sam, uh, shortly after this did record a PSA for the Center to Prevent Handgun Violence. Uh, the case did lead to some tighter restrictions that were aimed to prevent stalking, including removing driver's license information from the public record in California. And about five years after that happened, that would be made into national law with the 1994 Driver Private Driver's Privacy Protection Act. So now across the country... Uh, the information on your driver's license is considered not public record. The story... Partly because of this, huh? Yeah, and a big part because of this. Wow. Uh, the story was ripped from the headlines for a season two episode of Law & Order. And it was the inspiration for Brad Silberling. Uh, at who, the who was the boyfriend. The boyfriend at the time that uh, Rebecca was killed. Yeah. He made a movie called Moonlight Mile about a man coping with the murder of his fiance. Uh, he still he still directs it. He directed Casper. He directed a few other things. And uh, Robert Bardo, now 52, remains in prison. Uh, one of the most famous things that happened to him is in 2007, he was uh, stabbed 11 times in a shanking attack, but he survived. And um, yeah, that's that's a cautionary tale, a cautionary tale of um, what can happen when <coughs> obsession goes unchecked and what can happen when uh, you don't 
care for the mental health of others. Yeah, Brad Silberling did uh, Casper, City of Angels, Moonlight Mile, Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfor- Unfortunate Events, the uh, the movie, not the Netflix series, and Land of the Lost in 2009. Oh, yeah, Will Ferrell was in that, I believe. He's been married to Amy Brenneman. Yeah, yeah. Since uh, 95. Uh, who stars, uh, or starred as Judge Amy Gray in Judging Amy. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's, 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 um, it's a really sad story. It's, uh, it always makes me sad just because I had this thing with Hollywood, like Hollywood stars and, um, you write them letters and yeah, going to send them. No, 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 no. But, but uh, seriously, uh, I, I just have this thing where like, I, I find all all these murders to be sad, but there's something about those all that, the murders mm, uh, that I, I find them all to be sad, obviously, but they these for whatever reason always seem to get to me a little bit more than some of the other ones, especially like, here. She's 21 years old, whole life ahead of her. Like there's a chance she can still be a working actress to this day. If she's not killed. Yeah, and it's some some crazy fucking asshole, you know. Who in his own right was uh not a I don't I don't go far as say a victim, but child of abuse, nobody's really helping him. Nobody's seen the warning signs, he's arrested for violence, and his brother's like, Yeah, let's buy him a gun. Well the thing well that that is the real that's a real problem, but what else can you do besides that? What do you do? You keep him off the street and be like, Oh well he's he's a little crazy, so let's what do we, what do you do? Do you yeah, arrest him? Do you do you you know, it's you, it's why you have to really emphasize mental health and and and, and it's not you can't not be able to though, fix everybody. You but. can't be, if they don't want it. You can't force somebody to to be helped if they don't want to be helped. What do you what do you do? That's true. You, you know what I mean? Like unless you unless you're like, nah, I think that you are a danger to others or potentially will be a danger to others. Um, it, it, it's like, do you force people to get the vaccine? Do you, you know, like mm-hmm. the answer is no, you don't, you don't force, you should hope everybody wants to get it, but you don't force people to get that shit. You can't force people to get help that they don't want. You know, you, you can't say, well, maybe you're going to do this. And it's the scary part. You know, it's, it's, you have to deal with that all the time. That, that fear, you have to deal with that fear all the time with somebody walking down the street could just pull out a gun and shoot you. Yeah. And what, you know, you could say, well, he should have been on the street. Well, why not? He hadn't done anything to that point. Yeah. You, you would hope. This isn't, uh, what the hell's that movie where they go into the future? Minority and, Report. Yeah, this isn't Minority Report, you know? it's It sucks, but you can't, you can't arrest people because you think they're crazy or because, you know, you think, and, and if they do kill somebody, you know, you could always be like, see? I knew, I knew he was going to. Yeah. Well, that's just a the coincidence. warning signs were there. Yeah. 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 So. Well, you know what else is here? Oh, no, 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 no. The part everybody's looking Let forward to. Let me say to. what it is. It's called Who Died the Worst? It's time for another game of Who Died the Worst.
it's not who died the funniest. It's not who died the first. The name of the game is who died the worst. You, me, BP Burke. That's me. Are going to give me Jackson Wells. Jackson Wells three. I just I see see what I did. I was saying you, me, and then three, and mm-hmm. Dupree. That's you, me, and Dupree. You're going to give me three deaths, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you who, in my opinion, died the worst. Right? Is that how, is that how we play this game? Yes. Okay. That's exactly how we play this game. Okay. And I have the three deaths in my hand. Death number one takes us to China. China. Southern China. Yeah. Um, This is one where it's one of those everyday things that kind of is like, oh, that, that could happen, couldn't it? Uh, so this is a teenage girl, uh, no name given, who was in, at a uh, her apartment building, just going to her apartment. And... Just teenage girl in it around. Get in an elevator. Uh, they do that. Get in an elevator. Yep. And she became trapped inside the elevator when it became uh, stopped between the first floor and the first basement level at 7.39 p.m. On a, on a Sunday. All right. Already my winner. Go ahead. <laughs> she called a family member. A maintenance worker was dispatched. Yep. Uh, they're working on the elevator, trying to open the doors. And this is why you don't go in elevators. And Take the stairs. The elevator immediately shoots upward. Yep. At a high rate of speed. Yep. And uh, we don't know exactly how she died. I think we have an idea. Probably her head getting smacked into the roof or, you know, going up. Or maybe if you shot up so fast. Yeah. And then, you know, then maybe like it came down or something. Right. Use your imagination as to how exactly. Well, when you're a human ping pong ball or a human uh, pinball. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty easy to figure out how somebody could die. Yeah. So that's death number one. Death number one is your, uh, shot 30 floors in the air at a high rate of speed. Yeah. And then you stop quite suddenly. That's death number one. Yeah. Death number two takes us to Bolton, Massachusetts. Oh, Michael. Uh, where I call a... it Michael Bolton, Massachusetts. That's what I call it. Okay, Sure. Yep. And so this is a uh, a woman, Kim Taylor is her name, of Wellesley, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. 73 years old. All right. And she's a volunteer at a place called Cultivate Care Farms. Aha. This is a marijuana farming. Mm, I don't believe so. If, if it's a marijuana farm, it's a marijuana farm that also has sheep. Because uh, what happened is... Sheep marijuana? Um... We hold you in our hearts. No, no, that's Camp on Awana. Oh, it's not sheep marijuana? It's not sheep marijuana. That would have been good for the end. Right. Um, It's way better than what I had planned. Oh. I should have saved that. Yeah. So, uh, this woman, Kim Taylor, was repeatedly rammed by a sheep that charged her. I get it. Uh, it was a therapy farm, apparently. I guess people would work with the animals and things like that. See, you said cultivate. I just thought weed yeah. immediately. Yeah. So, uh, Taylor... I guess you can cultivate other things, yeah. but, but it's just what I thought of. You You're know? cultivating care, hence the name Cultivate Care. That's stupid. Well, she, uh, Kim Taylor is repeatedly rammed by this ram and suffered cardiac arrest oh, shortly shit. after first responders arrived uh-huh. and uh, did not make it. So, death number two is death by sheep being repeatedly rammed by a sheep, which then results in you entering into a state of cardiac arrest. That is death number two. Death number three takes us to Wisconsin. Uh, it's a 35-year-old woman, Heather Pingle, who... Um, Fake name. 
who was uh, from Bowler, northwest of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And uh, she was found by her son's father. Okay. And uh, she was found being mauled by the family pit bull. Ah. Uh, the boy's father got home to find, quote, her lying on the bathroom floor. Uh, and she said, I have no arms. I am dying. Um, she was found um, still being mauled by the pit bull who had uh, just emaciated her, ripped up her arms. Why? Pipples are really safe. Not always. No, they're always safe. That's what pitbull owners like to tell people. Um, not this one. Hmm. Not this one. Um, this one, in fact, had shown signs of aggression before, and the uh, the victim's sister said, "Quote: My sister has the biggest heart for animals, and just couldn't get rid of it. Her heart was too big, and they thought they could fix him. Uh, They could not. They could not. Uh, It is believed that the the pitbull turned on her." Uh, because she tried to uh, protect her son from being attacked by the pit bull. Oh, jeez. He was okay. bitten by the dog, received 70 stitches in the leg. Ooh. She suffered from kidney failure and lost both of her arms, and then eventually succumbed to her injuries. And that is death number three, death by pit bull. Holy so shit. death number one is death by elevator. Death number two is death by sheep. Death number three is death by pit bull. Yeah. Jackson Wells, I ask you. Yeah. Who died the worst? Actually, I should ask me. Yeah. Jackson Wells, I ask me. Who died the worst? Um, this is an easy one for everybody, I think. Yeah, you already said the first one. Yeah, the first one. Oh. Not the third one? <laughs> the third The third one, one seems pretty it's bad. The third one. Yeah. It's the third one. Uh now on the first one, do you have do you have time to do a reverse rowboat? Where you assume rowboat position, so when you fly up into the, r- the roof, you can rowboat into the roof. I don't think so, because if you're getting shot up. You're probably, you're you're probably stuck to the floor like it's the gravitron. Yeah. So you probably can't really move anything. Yeah. Um. Wasted opportunity. And then the second one, you're being rammed, but then you have a heart attack. I tend to think that when you do have these heart attacks, you're not really awake. Yeah. I uh, say so I I would like to think because that's probably how I'm gonna die. Probably how you're gonna die, cause, yeah, because we're fat. Um, I, 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 I like to think that we go to sleep when it happens. That'd be nice. So, I don't know. Do, do you want that, or do you want to fight through it? Nah, I'm not much of a fighter. I'm passive. Remember, you are passive. Yeah, yeah. you'll passive away. I guess I'm having a heart attack. Yeah. Yeah, what am I gonna do? Yeah. <sighs> Just go to sleep. <laughs> uh, so that one, like, yeah, it sucks. You got. But then the other one, you get your fucking arms bitten off. Yeah. Like, not bitten off, but fucking ripped off. Yeah, gnawed off. Gnawed off. Gnawed off shotgun. Yeah. Hands on a pump. Yeah, I think there was... Left hand on the 40. Yeah, something on the blunt. Sometimes you just get one of those deaths where it's just a very clear winner. It's one of those Alzheimer's. Yeah. And they seem to usually involve dogs. It's called Alzheimer's, dude. Alzheimer's. They seem to usually involve dogs. Remember the one that was like Yellowstone or something where the guy jumped into the hot springs after a dog? And they pulled him out and his, like, skin was falling off and shit. I think his skin disintegrated. Yeah. Whatever it was. Uh, I want these dogs out of here. I don't like dogs anymore. I used to love them. Now I'm, now I think dogs are just no, going to leave me to die. the cats that we have to worry about. Yeah. Uh, I don't think our dogs we have to worry about. No. <laughs> no, our dogs are kind of laid back. They're, they're too much. They're, they're very you. They're well, no, passive. one of the dogs is very laid back. The other one is quite hyper, but in a friendly way. 
Oh, yeah. Well, he needs to chill out with that. Yeah. He's too old. <laughs> He's very old. Yeah. All right. Uh, so number three is the winner. Clearly. 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 So. All right. So that does it for this episode. I'm not quite sure what we're going to do on the next one. Okay. But I'm sure we'll think of something interesting. Yeah. And, oh, I know. Actually, I think I do know what we're going to do for the next. No, no, that'll be the one after. Okay. Because I we have we have what we've been kind of had in the back burner for a little bit because I thought it would make a good Valentine's Day episode. But that'll be not the next episode, but the af- episode after. Really? And, yeah. Sure, is that soon? Yeah. Well, we're in mid-January now. Are we? Uh, as this is released, it is January 14th. So we'll have one in late January because we do every two weeks. And then we'll have another one in mid-February, which is Valentine's time. No. It's Valentine's Day. Did you say time with an M? No, Valentine's Day. Uh, I hate when people say times. People still do it. Yeah. They'll they say still Valentine. Do. Uh, I hate uh, when we don't know the times tables. I know what we're doing. I get it. The times tables. I got it. I, I, I see what you did there. Another one that would have been better is an end joke than the one I have. We are going to be watching Valentine with David Boreanaz. Oh, I've, of course. And uh, we're cuddling. Oh. He, I, said, I, he said, oh. He didn't even say... <laughs> No. <laughs> well, you did invite me to a Valentine's Day party. I'm like, what the? Wait, I did. Yeah, it's like a, the local one of the local microbrews here, Pilgaru, has like a Valentine's Day oh! party, and it was like Jackie has a way. He's like, he's inviting me to a Valentine's Day party. What? I I what? I invited Andy too, and uh, some some girl who's very very pretty ah. uh, that lives in the area. I invited her, but I didn't invite. And she put a maybe. Oh, there you but, go. But she, she didn't put like. See, here's the thing. I don't think she looked at my profile right. and accepted it. It was like, oh, maybe me and this guy. I think it was like, ah, who knows? I'll just put a maybe. Maybe I'll go. Maybe it's yeah. Some people just put maybe to everything. Yeah. Well, I also invited you to the uh, to the wrestling thing or something like that. Yeah. That, yeah. that I'm that I'm definitely going. To. I'm not going to it. No. Um, I'm out. I, I shaved my beard off. I don't even know if you noticed, but I shaved the beard. I'm just rocking a half goatee like uh, like this is 2006 for me. Um, and uh, so uh, I don't think that I can show my face in public uh, without the beard. So well, you have two weeks. You can grow a beard pretty quick. I don't think I could grow it that fast. No. Yeah. So. All right. I can't grow it at all. So you're ahead of me. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, you just do the goatee. I have to. Like, this is all the gross. Right. Yeah. Everything else is all patchy. I am overdue for a shave, so I'm a bit patchy right now. You're a patchy? Jump on it. Mm. All right. Well, I'm done. Me so. too. Okay. Oh, wait, I'm not done. I have to do one more thing. We will see you next time with more murder. My dude.
we gotta have a talk. I need to, we need to change the name of the show. Okay. Uh, we've talked about more than one murder. Yeah. And there's two of us. There's two dudes. Right. Murder is my dudes. Is that with an apostrophe S? Yes. Two apostrophe S's. You should have stuck with the other joke. Yeah. Definitely. Either one. Either ones. Projects humanoids. I hate you. Does this mean we're not going to the Valentine's Day thing? No, we're not. But no, we can go to the Valentine's.